What does a young queer playwright from Western Sydney do in LA? In this week's episode of Queer Conversation, Larissa Dini shares with us her excitement about her international debut in LA. Welcome to Lottle and our Queer Conversation series. Queer Conversation invites artists, musicians, community leaders and trailblazers to share their story. In this week's episode, we meet Larissa Dini, who brought an Australian queer play as a teenager to the US stages. Welcome, Lanika, to Queer Conversation. Today, we are here to, to find out what are you as a young queer Aussie doing in LA? Sanity, that's what I'm doing. It is insanity. <laughs> so you've got a impressive list of performances as an actress, as a writer. I'm not quite sure how many plays you've written, but um, uh, the, the credits on your CV are quite impressive for, you know, um, uh, the last few years. So um, the recent one was Dead Skin, which was you you wrote this as a 17-year-old teenager, four teenagers to some yeah. sold-out shows here in Sydney. But you are now in LA and you're working on uh, that show in LA and it will be screened very soonish. Why don't you yeah. tell us about your journey? Yeah. What happened between uh, Western Sydney yeah. and being in LA? Yeah, very big difference to my room in Western Sydney, just writing something in my bedroom, um, more for the catharsis of, well, now there's at least a representation of teenagers by teenagers that I know exists just for, for me to know that that exists. I think Dead Skin, um, my play, sort of all started out of this idea as I, I've worked as an actress for many, many years since I was little and I was just really um, quite sad with the representation of women and femmes generally within theatre and film. I just felt like, well, I don't really want to play this character because she has no plot and she's automatically heterosexual and married and that's her plot. And it felt like um, I just didn't have anything that was in within my realm of film and TV that I felt like in Australia really stood to that experience for me. Um, so I sort of just started writing a play to sort of deal with my angry rant that I just couldn't stand, that there was nothing great for young women to say or do um, on stage. And I also have this immense passion. Um, my mum and I are really close and we have this very strong maternal bond. And at the time I was going to school in the city and I was half out of home, half living with my mum because I, I live very far from the city. And I was sort of questioning whether we would have this maternal bond had we never met, if that bond would be so strong. And then there's all these studies that um, uh, sort of point to things like um, a baby, a, a newborn baby as soon as it's born, if, even if it's just put in the room of its mother, it will automatically crawl up the chest of its mother, the mother that is is its, and go to the heart because that's where the baby knows that the heartbeat is, that it knows that is its mum. So it's just like stuff like that just got me so engaged with that and how much I'm interested in the maternal bond and just representation of young people. And so my play was sort of born out of that. It's about Andy, who's 17, and Andrea, who's 17, and they both work um, in a convenience store at the same time in their lives and they're not connected through time but they're connected through love and they're connected through the strength of this weird bond that they don't really understand and exploring love for the first time. So in Andy's case it's queer love, in Andrea's case it's her first love at all. So 
that's sort of how it all started. And I just wrote that for some reason. That's what I felt like doing in my summer holidays of um, my last year of school. And then I had submitted it to um, King's Cross Theatre in Sydney's. They have a stage reading festival called Storytellers Festival. And I submitted it there on a whim. I was like, I'm 17. I don't think anyone will read this. I don't really know whether it's good. I, it's the first thing I've ever written. And I there's a very big stigma in the industry that, um, well, I felt that stigma anyway, that as a young person, the ageism is immense. I, um, I'm i the youngest playwright to ever be published on Australian plays and in Australia, as far as I know, and what I've been told in um, that sort of way, but yet I'm not taken seriously by most playwrights who are over the age of 35, which is which is the norm for that. Um, and I've I've suffered a lot of ageism to that, so I really thought, oh, it's probably not going to be anything good. And with the way people perceive, I've I've always been told you have to go to uni to study this, you have to have an arts degree to study this, you've got to go through all this hard labour to be able to create art. And then I was like, but I think during that process of all this hard labor in university, you sort of lose all of these really important sentimental years that you could be saying something really interesting that doesn't exist yet. So I did that and people thought it was all right, um, I guess, because now it's here. So it's very good that people thought it was lovely. Um, then the director that took it on at Storytellers, um, uh, Kim Hardwick produced it under White Box Theatre. It went on to Sydney. There was a whole development of that. Sold out season, did the whole thing to young people, which was so good. Um, and then uh, Diversity Entertainment, who are an LA-based production company, said we want it because they were in they were in Australia and saw it at the time and they've taken it to LA and now we're doing a whole new version of it in LA um, while it's being developed into a feature film. So that's what I'm currently writing at the moment. I think it's a real big challenge as an artist in any realm, in acting, in writing, in directing, in all of it, that the audience will then dictate any new versions or even any any versions while the show's still on within that season. And the way that I sort of view my art and the way of making art is that it's a is that it's a two-way conversation, but within two-way conversations, we don't automatically change our point of view about something political or completely change who we are as a person or change what we're even saying back in the conversation. We just have gorgeous two-way conversations where we learn something about one or the other and the mistakes, the imperfections, the messiness of um, of a conversation and of a piece of theatre, which is the writer to the audience and back and forth. I just think the messiness is part of what makes it great and it makes us learn more about the other people. So I really try to stay, steer away from audiences, audiences' opinions on things but more honing in on what did I mean when I was 17 and I wrote this? What was the actual point and crux that I'm trying to get to? And never taking away any part of it that's authentic to the 17-year-old experience. I'm only... Um, just 20 now. So it's still quite, quite um, similar to my experience. And I'm very big on making sure that I keep everything that was special and um, potent about it being written by a 17 year old, but make sure that I just go, what would little, little of me have wanted to really say with this work and just honing it to that, what I think I wanted to say at 17. So I think that's more the conversation within myself than the audience, because 
audiences, if they wanted to write work, they'd go write work. They just want to feel seen and heard. And sometimes their opinions won't make them feel as seen as heard as something that's more specific. Specificity always creates universality. So I'm very big on, I'll go even more specific into the experience so that people can resonate with it more, hopefully. Did the audience in Australia react to your play? Very controversial. It was, I think a lot of people walked in and thought it was going to be lesbian, Romeo and Juliet, happy, queer, teen. I think people thought it was going to be a lot happier than it is. I think it's a it's a tragedy that's disguised as an awkward comedy, which is sort of, to me, what teenagehood was for me. That was my experience. The play's not based on my experience in it's it's more stylized and it's not about my actual life or plot in in the world but um i think people had an idea of what teenagehood would be for a 17 year old and it just isn't that and so a lot of people um that were older had different opinions on what younger people had when seeing the work i think the youngest person to see dead skin was 12 which just made my heart sing and i think 80% of our audience were under 25 so that was That was what was great. It was the 20% that were like, I don't even, like, why is she so, like, why is this so dark? But then all of the young people being like, no, that's like, that's fully what I've gone through in the last year. That was what I went through at this time. And it's, it was quite overwhelming when the text was first put on because it seemed like no one had ever really spoken about young femininity in a way that felt real before with the way people reacted to it. And that's not me being cocky. It's more just like, I can't believe that there is, there hasn't been a text that's like made people feel resonated with. I think it's just because we get really stuck in this literature of characters have to talk a certain way. And I'm from Western Sydney. So I talk as I do. I know people who just say fuck casually, that sort of thing. It's like, I'm going to write people who are real people and women who are real women. And I think It's crazy that there's not more plays like that. So young people were like, yes, this is my life. And old people were like, oh, I didn't realize that we were so, that um, young people were so dark. And it's like, we're not dark. Everyone's dealing with immense human emotions, but young people have the same emotions that you do as an adult. So um, it would have been uh, extremely hard to sell your idea to a, Mm. um producer or to a you know to, to anyone to to help you get this off the ground mm. what was the journey there the journey there was that people um lots of people wouldn't even read the script because it was written by a 17 year old and there's the stigma without within art that you have to be a certain level of um economically financially viable like you have to have money to make art you have to have Like it's for the elite, it's for the old and the elite and old and elite is sort of synonymous within the art world <laughs> that you can't be elite and old or old. and Yeah. So I think a lot of people didn't read my play and didn't take me seriously because I was just a random actor. And then there's the stigma of you're a random actress. Actresses don't write that sort of thing, which I just hate the word actress. Um, and I think that that was really hard, but through that storytellers festival and Kim Hardwick finding my work who, who just read my work and just went, this is real. This is what being 17 is. And there's so, and the way that I am using style and the play is an episodic um, sort of structure. It's not your normal linear sort of vibe. It plays around in this world that's abstract versus hyper-realism 
it's doing a, it's doing a lot of things and and now it's it's honed more but it is doing a lot of things that are actually sort of not what you expect a 17 year old's play to be doing in that way i feel like a lot of people f- expected it to be linear and a comedy and that so i think that's what interested her she was like oh this is a person who kn-, because i've i haven't grown up in theater but I used to um, pretend to be a reviewer for theatre when I was 15. I just created a blog and they didn't know how old I was and I pretended to review theatre and I would go in the city, I would go into the city on the train with my mum and I would sit and I would pretend at 15 that I was a reviewer for theatre and I would write a review but I'm not a reviewer for theatre to just see theatre and learn like what's actually new and interesting. So I think Kim was just like this girl is saying something that isn't just like a cute little plot, a cute little thing. She's got a real interest in creating something that's ambitious and creating something that's ambitious for young people who are just not seen in theatre. So, yeah, I've got my um, all of the sort of work that I have written throughout the last because I, I wrote constantly during the pandemic. All of that, all of my teen work is sort of being produced now going into um, coming out of the pandemic, well, not coming out at all, but like going into this new world where we sort of live with it. Um, I've written this short that won Open Screenplay's Best Short Drama Award, and that's the budget that I've got with now a producer attached um, to make a script called Oi, which is about my experiences in Western Sydney and queerness and the hypersexuality of um, and how all of those things sort of interact. It's a short that follows this girl named Jazzy and her experience with um, high school sexual trauma and sort of everything that goes in with that and basically just destigmatizes this notion of catfights and how that women, like women that are um, undergoing uh, violence between each other are automatically sexualized and catfights is like sort of the term that's used and it's sort of going through what does that actually mean, what actually is a catfight and uh, sort of working out why uh, women have these outbursts and what that has to do with sexuality and not being seen and heard and a lot of those things. So that's that's getting made in December in Western Sydney, which I'm so happy for because it's going to be shot at my old school and it's just going to be lovely. Um, and then I've also got a play that I, God, I've had a commission with Inner West Council for like, a year to make this other play um, that's called Feminazi, which is about um, a self-proclaimed proclaimed, um, feminist who sets out to kill every man in the world. And so that's that was half written in my teens and now it's something that I have to continue doing now that the pandemic comes out. So it's interesting because it's just like what is that, what does that mean, and sort of just working out which is now another thing that I'm working at is um, gender performance and what is what does it mean to perform gender and what does it mean to if you were to um, nail down like what womanhood actually is at a crux, what would that be? And that's such a big thing for being a young woman that's going out into the world and working out whether I am woman and what that what that sort of is. So yeah, that's where I'm at at the moment. <laughs> so going back to Deep Skin and the launch of the production. Um, do you expect the audience to react in a in a different way in America, uh, or do you think teenagers are teenagers? I think the work will speak to the. I think this, as I said before, the specificity will speak to the universal nature of the work. 
it's specific with I was very specific in that it had to be Australian actors. It had to be Australian accents on stage in America because Australian work barely has a life within Australia, let alone on an international stage. It's very rare Australian work ends up in, in a different country performed with an Australian accent. So I was very diehard on that. And I think that teenagers will relate to it just because it is the specificity of that age and like teenagers are the same everywhere to that extent, but then also entirely different. So I just think it'll be lovely to see how that happens. I think it'll be just as shocking and just as controversial and just as the, um, the ageism talk will always be there and there will always be a level of people wanting to find holes in it or find something that isn't what they think teenagehood is. And it's like, it's one specific experience. And I think it's gorgeous that a 17 year old play, a play that was written by a 17 year old can exist on an international stage. That's an Australian story. And that's, that's end of story. Everyone can have their opinions, but for teenagers that went through similar things to what I went through should be seen and heard. And it's just so lovely to be able to bring that to the stage. You find in, in the States, they have more representation on, on female teenagers? I don't think that in theatre, no. I'd say that it's quite similar. I think it'll be the same sort of shock of, oh, I haven't really heard women as young as this talk like this, which was the same sort of shock it was in Australia, um, even though that's actually how we all speak constantly and I, I still speak like that. Um, so, yeah, I, I haven't found that and I still don't find that within American culture that, like, there's great representations of teenagehood. I think it goes from euphoria, which is like is it has been actually um, said by the director of that show as like a melodrama, like that's quoted as a melodrama. It's supposed to be a stylized heightened thing that has been taught as if it's real life to some 13-year-olds that are watching an 18-plus show and that's obviously what teenagehood looks like to them or something like a Nickelodeon show. And it's like, where is the in-between of something that's just teenagehood is all about drugs and sex or teenagehood is this glossy sort of PG show? I just don't see the in-between of that and something that's more, to my experience at least, and hopefully fills that gap. So I'm hoping Dead Skin does that and then inspires other young creators to sort of do the same because I think that's really important. That's not just about me. That's why I run this um, initiative in Australia called the Monologue Collective where teenage writers write monologues for HSC drama performance in Sydney because I think it's so important that teenage writers have opportunities to be able to create work. I just think if I hadn't have had that, I wouldn't be where I am now and I just think it's so important. It's such a good period of time. And What's next for you then in LA after Dead Skin? Not. I'm working with um, a separate production company that's called Diversity Entertainment. So I will be, there's a few, I, I don't know how much I can announce and stuff, but Dead Skin's likely to be not just in LA, but going elsewhere within America. So I'm looking like I'll be doing that for a little bit longer. And at the same time, I'll be working with Diversity Entertainments to develop the feature film while developing another feature film of my own with a couple of co-creators here that's a different special passion project that I'm really interested in, um, while developing Feminazi, my new play. And then I've also got a bunch of work that I have to come back for um, in 
Sydney that I can't really say what it is, but a few a few film things and a few theatre things that I'll be coming back for next year. And then I'll just be going back and forth between America and here to make it all work. That's sort of how it will be. And I'm in the process of getting um, visa to stay here to work longer and all the things. So just sort of half life in Australia, half life here, trying to make sure that like young women, queer young women um, have a have a voice and have something good to say and get to keep doing amazing things. How can people... Um, support you, follow you, check you out, what you're up to, what are what are your social media? Yeah. Well, what I would say is is that um, if you're in LA, come see Dead Skin at Zephyr Theatre June 2nd till June 25th. You can just look up Dead Skin, play in LA, you'll find it. Um, and my socials are on Instagram. I'm at Lanika, literally my name. So L-A-N-E-I-K-K-A, because of course you need to be able to spell that. It's very hard. And that's sort of where I post about my entire life, um, and everything that I'm up to. And then I also have a website link on there where you can find my website and all the art that I make. So, yeah. Thank you, Lanika, for joining us today on Queer Conversation and share your journey with us. And all the best for the future. Thank you for having me. Yes, thank you for having me today. If you enjoy Queer Conversation, make sure to follow us on all our social media platforms. You can also check out our website, lotl.com, where you will find 30 years of Lottl magazine digitized. My name is Silke Bader, and thank you for your company.